Yeah, I mean, it's uh, pretty exciting. I mean, I can't really put into words just the, uh, you know, the nervousness, obviously the anxiety throughout the game over time and, uh, you know, just to find a find a way to win. I mean, you know, it took all 20-plus guys in here, took everybody, and, um, you know, I think everybody just should be really proud of their effort uh, the whole series, but tonight just to get this job done and, you know, on the road, not an easy task. And, um, you know, it's a great feeling. Um, you know, obviously, a, a monkey off the back for, for a lot of us that have been here for, for quite a long time, so. Um, you know, it's uh, something that we'll you know, enjoy tonight, but obviously uh, it's a step one on, on the long journey that we're trying to be on, and uh, we know it only gets harder from here. There it is, Austin Matthews saying it's a monkey off the back for the Toronto Maple Leafs. Uh, with the sky's the limit, just keep on rolling. The what, good times roll. What happens now that the monkey is not clinging to the backs oh, of the Toronto Maple Leafs? Possibilities, what does that Justin. Mean? Before we look ahead, let's spend another couple minutes talking about Saturday and just the emotions that were high here. Frank Cervelli, our insider, brought to you by Don Valley North Lexus, where you can expect excellence online and in the showroom. Visit DonValleyNorthLexus.com, NHL insider and president of hockey content at DailyFaceoff.com. Frank, they did it. They did it. They did it. They did it, and uh, with that means that I need to start my Monday with a healthy dish of crow. Please, well, uh, the look. floor is yours. <laughs> hey, look, um, I, I don't want to say I underestimated the heart of this Maple Leafs team, but when you look at the previous failures and all the baggage that came with it, I said before the playoffs started that I wasn't picking the Toronto Maple Leafs after picking them for the last number of years until they did it. And obviously I was wrong. Uh, And more than that, uh, this team has something about it. And, you know, part of it, I think, is is some of the additions that have been made. Part of it is the growth that we've seen in others, the signature moment from Austin Matthews, um, the series that Morgan Riley had, the winner that you get from John Tavares. Like there was a lot of different things that came together that were incredibly impressive about this Toronto Maple Leafs team in the first round. And uh, I got it wrong. Oh, that's okay, Frank. We appreciate the uh, honest uh, apology. And now looking forward, the Leafs favorites to win the Stanley cup in the betting odds, but are, are they favorites in your eyes of a team that just has kind of just like unlocked this level of cathartic moment that maybe can propel them to something really, really great. Yeah, I think there's a freedom in that. I also think there's a danger in that, in the sense that there's so much put into the drama of getting past that first round that, you know, maybe there's some part of like, hey, just happy to be here. I don't think that's the case based on the reaction. Um, And just a a quote, you know, just that we heard in the intro from, from Austin Matthews, like that was their mindset right after the game. Um, yeah, there was excitement, there's jubilation, there's all those things that come with it. Um, but it still seemed pretty businesslike, which I think was important because every other fan base is kind of looking at Toronto saying, congratulations, that was an epic celebration, but it's one round. Mm-hmm. Um, and there's a long way to go. You're, you're four down, 12 to go. So it's a long road and... I think what's exciting is the canvas not only is blank, but the path is wide open. 
you know, the Boston Bruins go down. Are the Florida Panthers better than your average eight seed? I'd say probably. Um, their, their record didn't indicate that this season. They've got holes and flaws, but they're a pretty, like, by all, by all accounts, a pretty decent team. Um, in terms of their ability to battle, obviously the gumption that they showed getting past Boston and, you know, they would have been real easy for them to wilt game seven down three, two with a minute left. And they didn't. Uh, and how many comebacks did they have like that mm-hmm. in the series? So this Florida team isn't going to be an easy out. Um, but I would say for everyone, Toronto, Edmonton in the West with someone like Colorado being slayed, it's, is wide open and that's pretty much the story of every Stanley cup playoff, but it's exciting to me that we're going to have a true fresh champion. Like if you look at the teams that are left, the most recent team to win it was 2006 in Carolina. Mm. So it's, it's going to, we're going to have a new champion crowned. Yeah, it was Florida specifically, it's like there's a bit of a role reversal going on, right? Like we thought, hey, maybe the Leafs would come out with Tampa and Tampa's washed now and Tampa doesn't have it more, tired legs, all that stuff. And there was just going to be a Maple Leaf team overwhelming them. But that didn't really happen. I mean, they kind of played the Florida uh-huh. role with Boston where they were the gutsy team that was hanging around, hanging around, holding its nerve and scoring in big moments. But now when you look at this series with Florida, it, there's a clear like alpha dog and there's going to be one team that's going to be trying to win just as they won against Boston in the Florida Panthers. So it'll be interesting to see how the dynamic shapes up and what the two coaches do for game one. But we'll get to that uh, later on the show and tomorrow. Uh, when looking back though, still, if you're assigning credit to the Maple Leafs or to a Maple Leaf or to an executive, where does your mind go when you hear the word credit? Who deserves credit for what went down this week? Man, it's a really good question. Um, and this is going to sound like a cheesy answer because I, I think it's, it's the entire team. Like I, I don't have one person to me that stands out. There were a lot of individual moments that were impressive. The way that Sam Sonoff rebounded in game six was huge. I thought the scariest part heading into game six wasn't that Andre Vasilevsky woke up. It was just how nervous Sam Sonoff looked on home ice in game five. Um, I thought the moments that you got from Austin Matthews were huge, not just from a goal scoring perspective, but from a, a confidence-inspiring perspective. How often have I been talking on this show about the need for a killer? And he looked like a silent assassin this week. Um, You know, someone that just showed up and did it. And that was incredibly impressive. Um, You you know, you got timely contributions up and down your lineup, and that's kind of the crazy thing is, you know, Matthew dies and, and his impact. Kyle Dubas and the trades that were made at the deadline to, to add someone like Ryan O'Reilly. Um, I, there's, I, I really think there's enough to go around to say that there's not really one individual that I could pick. And it's not because I don't want to, you know, put a stake in the ground. It's because I don't think one's worthy to stand out above the rest. Yeah. I think, and, that, sorry, go ahead. <laughs> no, I was just going to say like to add to what you were saying, Justin, in an odd way, if you go back and unpack this series, what the Leafs did in the first round is more or less what's happened to them in the last number of years. They 
it, that's that's why it, it makes the second round and whatever comes next so hard to handicap is because as, as impressive as some of the Leafs moments were coming back and the magic that they made in OT and things like that, the real argument that you could make is out of the six games, they weren't the better team in five of them. And the Lightning, you know, I – that's a tough way to go out for them. And that's sort of what they're feeling now is a lot of what the Leafs have felt the last few years is we've been the better team in the series and we have nothing to show for it. And we're, you know, we're heading home for a long summer. So that's, that's sort of the tough part about getting through. And then now looking at the next round is how does that translate moving forward? Does that impact sort of the Leafs and what we, how we view it? I feel like this series, six games, meant a lot to individual players. Obviously, the team, we know what it meant to the team, but we saw Morgan Riley have basically rewrite his entire season in, in the six-game streak. We saw Austin Matthews and most of the core four have the moments that we had anticipated or wanted from. We saw Dubis with the elation that you don't see much on his face and Samsonov, as you mentioned, but John Tavares, I think, it certainly deserves his own moment, and he got that with the OT winner with the with the ability to kind of put some validation at times to his role and his uh, cost and everything that he's been brought to this franchise. He got that moment. Uh, Justin said he wasn't a Hall of Famer. He said it was washed up, and all of a sudden he started playing well. So I think that maybe there's some sort of connection there, Justin. I'm sharing the crow with you, Frank. Yes, you're sharing the crow Although with Although that was only really one moment. <laughs> yeah. We'll take what we can. But just, just having your captain score that OT winner, send your team to the second round for the first time in 19 years, and we know the story behind it, like, could there have been a better way to have that? I feel like that was the way it should have been written in the stars. Yeah, and look, he's proven to be a clutch player. I mean, same guy, same situation, scores the OT winner to help the New York Islanders win their first round in however long. 2016 it was, I think. Mm-hmm. Um, captain, same pressure, same everything. And, you know, if not more focused this time around, I mean, it, not in a positive way, like in a negative way, how, how much did the pajamas photo like become a meme mm-hmm. in for, for opposing fan bases to make fun of the Leafs and their captain? It, it has been for a long time now on social media. And more than that, um, I do think there's an emotional connection, like going back you know, a few years to the injury, um, the scary injury in the playoffs that knocked him out. Like, I feel like that series changed on a dime then um, without him. So I, I, I do think it's, you know, it's not always just about the points or the production that's important, but I think there's also a certain emotional lift that you get from him that I think is huge that he's proven he's a clutch guy. Yeah, this year's his last best chance to make that investment actually mean something when it came to postseason success. And that he has that winner, I mean, he'll always have that. You cannot take away that winner for him being responsible for that moment. Uh, I think it's huge just for, you know, it's huge for right now. It's huge for legacy. It's probably huge for him moving forward and continuing to be a contributor for a team that, hey, uh, expectations a bit adjusted now. We're talking Stanley Cup, not just getting through a round with this team, given what's happened here through round one of the Stanley Cup playoffs. And that, that said, probably one of the least impressive goals he's ever scored. 
Yeah, it was it was it was not. It, it was it was it was going wide. I'll give him credit though. A little, it was lug mode. He carrying it around and and you know using Sometimes the body. Just put the it puck was, on the net, folks. There was some vintage John Tavares there. Okay, I I think you saw that from a lot of players in terms of how they dug in in this round. Mm-hmm. And you saw Matthew Nyes on the on the ice for a third straight. That's right. Overtime it's a good luck goal. charm. Uh, okay, so just big quick picture quickly. So let, let's just not to like play devil's advocate though, because you're going to get to the, all the lineup stuff and all that. But had the Leafs lost and the lineup changes and like you're, you're talking one Tampa shot the other direction, mm-hmm. we'd be second guessing a whole lot of different things today. Oh, we'd be tearing apart Sheldon Keefe. We we already. T- talked about his tinkering and thought sometimes he, he went into the galaxy brain too far. Of course, we, we brought this up too. If it was a different situation we're going to in Game 7, it would be Sheldon Keefe did too much at the Lions. He shouldn't have listened to the external pressure. He should have kept Justin Hall. We would have found uh, anyway. I don't know if that's fair, honestly. It was a 2-1 game. Like, yeah, if they score an overtime Tampa, we go to Game 7. But what was the issue? And what, what inspired all that change? Justin Hall couldn't keep the puck out of his own net when he was out there on the okay, ice. Okay, but it, yeah, and it but was he a also one-one game the overtime. lines. He didn't just take, you know, Justin Hall out of the line. But he had to he, do it because if he just put Gustafson in, no, it would have no, been sure. you know the same issues. But I, mean, I think you bring a good point there, Frank. Like he deserves some credit, and certainly we gave it to him this morning as well. Like he pressed some of the right buttons, and it was a bold choice. And like, he trusted his big guys. That's, that's what that's what I think he did. It was a nuclear option for sure. It was hey, I'm going to run my top guys into the ground because that's what he felt like they needed. But now they can start for Justin Hall could be the lineup for game one versus Florida. That's, I feel like that's anything can you can just kind of rewrite what's going to happen in the second. Like just let them start out a, a fresh slate. Like, is that what you would do, Frank? If you're if you're Sheldon Keefe, you got tomorrow, you start round two, kind of go back to the basics and start with a fresh look. Um, don't really remember too much about round one. No, I, if you're Justin Hall, that's that's exactly <laughs> well, yeah, what you try and do. <laughs> yeah. yeah, but Sheldon Keefe. But I mean, other than that, yeah. I, I, in terms of the lineup, like I, I also think you go with what works. Like, is eleven and seven of a, a variety that the Leafs would like to use again? What did you think of Lilligren in? in the last game and how does that all look like I, I I think that's the the amount of time missed for for those guys to get back in the lineup like and then obviously bunting to get back in as well like it that seemed to be a no-brainer that I thought they missed out on in game five lots of questions I mean I think you, you feel a lot more comfortable now about your decision making process yeah, I, I do think, though, every every uh, series is going to take on a different outlook. Like, maybe this was just a horrible matchup for Justin Hall. Maybe that's true. Maybe, maybe he's not a playoff player. Maybe, like, there's a lot that they have to go through. But I think you have to find out. And I think what, what brought Sheldon Keefe to where he was in Game 6 was there's clearly things that haven't worked now for five games, and I can't let it not work for a sixth game, so I give him credit for what he did. Uh, big picture... Does this so say- I, I do think there's something not to to cut no, off, go, cut go off ahead, your question. I think there's something to just bad matchups in general, and I'm not saying just for Justin Hall, but like I really think that for the Boston Bruins, the Panthers were a bad matchup. Uh, if you you know even going back to the regular season and the season series, like the 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 Bruins lost 17 times this year, 65 wins they had, mm-hmm. like. They, they, the Panthers and the Sens were the only team to beat them multiple times. The, the Panthers play in your face. They forecheck hard. They're physical. I, and I think it's a matchup thing. Like, I think if the Bruins were to play the Leafs, I think the Bruins would have crushed the Leafs in the second round. They would have had way more space 
and they could have gotten back to being the Boston team that they've been all season long. I think now this time around, I think the Leafs have a significant advantage stylistically over the way Florida plays. Okay, so that I was gonna, we were going to ask you about Boston, of course. If you were going to like rank it one to the biggest choke job in history, you, you you're not putting it at the biggest choke job in history just because Florida was a bad matchup for Boston. I think that's a little bit part of it, um, and I just think on paper, like what you see in the standings, you'd say you know. 43 points separating these two teams. That's insane. Like, are, are you, are you stupid? Uh, why is this not the biggest upset of all time? Like the fact is a lot of this core and it is a different team, but a lot of this core won the president's trophy with 122 points the year before. And they added Matthew Kachuk, who is a certifiable killer. Um, I, I just, I think that plus the idea that, I, I still have the Columbus one, which, by the way, Sergei Bobrovsky in that for both mm-hmm. um, over Tampa and Bill Zito, the Panthers GM, was the assistant GM in Columbus at the time. I have that one as the way bigger upset, the sweep, uh, everything that went with it. And then you look at the Tampa team that then went on to win two Stanley Cups and go to a third final. Like that to me is is the most shocking. But and it, in some ways, it's an odd thing, but I'd say the Kraken beating the Abs last night was an even bigger upset than the Panthers being the Bruins. Nonetheless, it's like, nice for here's the, really with all all the absences with Colorado. Like that's a diminished team. It, it's a diminished team, but here's the thing about the Bruins that is also sort of hard to figure out: is they had this magical regular season, and they did all these things at the deadline, all these pieces that they trade for Orloff, Bertuzzi, Hathaway go through the lineup, a deep season team that has vets that have so much to play for, which adds to how shocking it was that they didn't get the job done. But it's amazing how the regular season changes our perspective on how we view teams because Last year, the Bruins were just an okay team that lost in the first round, and no one really thought anything of it. Now they come back this year. They have all those injuries to start the year, and we were like, oh, they'd kind of be lucky just to get in. Mm -hmm. They go through this year, they beat everyone, and now they lose in the first round. Like, First off, it goes to show you hockey is the most unpredictable (laughs) sport on the planet. And two, maybe we sort of – overvalued the regular season and the magical run that the Bruins had. And maybe they were just closer to the team that they were last year. I think there's probably a lot of that to be said in this off season, not really knowing which direction they would go. And some of their guys coming back. And I think that leads perfectly into what Patrice Bergeron might do next. I know you see the on ice moments, but it seems a little different this time around. We already got the interviews about, is this, is this it for you? But the way it ends and like that kind of bad taste in your mouth and he's still got something left in him. Do you think that he goes forward another year or was that the last we see of him? You know, it's hard to say because I would think on a just sort of human level, you'd be like, that's not the way I'm going out. Mm -hmm. But I think on a physical level, like I wonder as good as the season was, how much he has left in the tank. And I say that not in any sort of negative way, but the amount of time he took last year to come back 
Yeah, there, part of it was a shot in the arm that he got, I think, from the coaching change, and that's a big thing that all the Bruins got. But he really seemed to be beat up last year. How does he feel this time around? Can he do it another year? He's playing with a herniated disc, the point, they said last night. A herniated disc, but more to the point with David Krejci and everyone else, mm-hmm. I'm not I'm not certain, unless he's willing to play for nothing, Like, I don't know that they can afford everyone to come back. I know they can't. Yeah, there's a bunch of cap penalty now too, right? Like they're they're oh. they were always supposed to be, hey, last dance, and next year we'll mm-hmm. worry about next year. But next year is now the important year, I guess, uh, unless Patrice Bergeron walks away and they're forced to reset. Yeah, unless he's willing to play for seven hundred and fifty grand or a million bucks, like they can't pay him the same sort of bonus laden contract really that they paid him this year. I guess they could figure it out and move other pieces, but They've got some really difficult decisions to make. A bunch of guys in their back end that make money. One of Grizzlick or Carlo is going to have to go. Taylor Hall is on my trade board. Like this, they loaded up for this year, mm-hmm. and now they have a four and a half million dollar overage heading into next year. So if the cap's eighty three five, they're starting at seventy nine. We've seen other teams like Minnesota be able to work and make tough decisions with dead cap space, but that's. It, it was all in futures and everything else that were pushed aside for this year and to lose in seven to a 92 point team that barely cleared a historically low threshold is whew, well, those they, are hard times. They can cheer for the HRR Leafs now uh, to help things for next season. Oh, oh, oh. I, I'm so glad you said that because <laughs> like even the Kraken winning, like these are big revenue teams aside from Boston, like the Leafs, the Oilers, all these teams getting through. If you are rooting and you're not a Leaf fan, if you're rooting for the cap to go up, if you're a Leaf fan to, to go up next season, the Leafs getting through is a big deal. I'm glad you mentioned the Oilers because as much as we're talking this morning about how this is maybe opening up for the Maple Leafs, uh, uh-huh. it may have opened up even more so for the Edmonton Oilers. Do you see it that same way? I do. I, I think... The idea of not having to face the Avs in the, in the third round if you get there is pretty significant uh, because I think they can fare a lot better against Dallas or Seattle. But at the same time, I would say don't overlook the team that finished ahead of you in the standings in your own division. And typically, I, I wouldn't be that concerned about Vegas. I think they're a team that has flaws. But I also think that they're an incredibly different team with Mark Stone in the lineup and healthy. Uh, he had a monster series. He transformed that line and lineup. And they got just enough goaltending to get by. So it's it's also a hard series to figure because when we can talk about Winnipeg at some point, but I think Winnipeg's an utterly average team. So I try not to make too much of the short series that they had. Mm-hmm. Um and and try and you know look towards okay LA was a way better team than Winnipeg Edmonton took care of business after a couple of shaky moments um, you know how are they feeling about themselves and I think the scariest part for everyone is that McDavid was good but he wasn't otherworldly at any point I think the Kings did a nice job of bottling him up can he break free against Vegas they don't play that same way as LA I think it's a way better matchup for the Oilers in round two stylistically. But I also think Vegas, like I said, way better with Mark Stone. 
yeah, lots of lots of drama in Winnipeg after that. I think it, we'll, we'll save all that for unpacking during the off season um, because we got one more one more game tonight to determine who moves on. Rangers, Devils. Uh, we wanted a game seven. We're getting a game seven. Who do you think makes it through to tomorrow? I'm going to say the Rangers, and sort of against my better judgment, if that makes any sense. I think they keep this streak alive of. Um, you know, just the way this series has played out in terms of road teams having success. Um, they've got, it sounds funny to say the Devils are, uh, they've they've shown so much in Akira Schmid. Um, I, what a story he's been. Their young players really coming alive in terms of not just the regular season, but showing for it in the playoffs too. But the Rangers, I just, with their vets, all that they've spent, yeah, I, I'm sure you're listening saying, what did this mean to Boston? I just I feel like the Rangers have so much more juice on the line. And the fact that they were able to battle back and get it to seven, um, I'm probably going to take Shesterkin and his team every time. All right, it'll be primetime viewing as we wait for the Maple Leafs to kick off there. Round two against Florida Panthers. Uh, we get to watch just, it was nice last night watching a game seven and not being involved in it. So we get to another one tonight. <laughs> we just watch one and just enjoy the hockey. Uh, Frank, thanks for joining us this morning. Great to chat. We'll get more Leafs with you next week. Have a great week. You as well. Uh, Frank Saravelli, NHL Insider and President of Hockey Content at DailyFaceoff.com. And our Insider brought to you by Don Valley North Lexus, where you can expect excellence online and in the showroom. Visit DonValleyNorthLexus.com. Talk about viewing experiences. Sorry, I interrupted you there. Do you have something? No. A new viewing experience for Leaf fans last night. Just sitting back and watching. Oh, it was beautiful. And waiting for who you're going to play. Mm-hmm. Again, it didn't go the way I preferred it to go. It probably went the way most Leaf fans preferred it to go. But, like, what a treat. <laughs> teams that are able, or fan bases that are often. able to sit back and watch <laughs> other teams do mm-hmm. battle. To, like, that, I, forget winning a series. I mean, when's the last time that happened? And I, I was like, you know what? Let them go to a couple OT periods. Let them keep playing, tire them out, like run them to the ground. It was only one, but it was nice to just sit there and enjoy the collapse of the Boston Bruins. Yeah, just take more bites out of each other. It's, it's too nice. bad because I was really looking forward to having Pete Blackburn on the show this week to tee up Leafs and Bruins, but now we might have to have him on just to have him like... Did you see the video he posted yesterday? I sure did. It was just and, sad. And Leafs are... Um, sorry, um, Blue Jays are... It, playing the Red Sox. It was going to be perfect. Mm. But, you know, we've got the Florida Panthers. So, nonetheless, we, we look forward. Uh, we'll get your calls on the other side of the break. We want to hear from you. We also got the text line, 595-90 open. Um, our call numbers are 416-870-0590, 888 590 or star 590 on your Rogers cell phone. They did it. They broke the curse. Victory Monday. We want to hear from you this morning. We want to hear your vibes. We want to talk about tomorrow because round two is already right on the edge of beginning. So we want to get your thoughts and feelings on that. Uh, We'll do something to chew on. First, brought to you by Great Canadian Meats. Yum, yum, yum. This is uh, a shout-out to producer Daniele for putting this together because it's been a long time since Maple Leafs were in round two, as we've we've mentioned for quite a while, uh, nearly two decades. So here's a sense of what was happening Mm. back in 2004. I was 10 years old. Actually, I wouldn't even have been 10 yet because I produced mid, mid-year. Yeah, I you were nine. nine. I was nine years old. I was years 15 old. years old getting cut from uh, rep hockey teams. Oh, Justin. 
Okay, you were, so what, nine playing for the York Simcoe Express? Big time. Dominating? York Simcoe Express, AAA, all-star defenseman back here. There you go. This is when I still play D. Oof. Here was what ha- was happening in the world in 2004. Martha Stewart headed to prison. She was charged with four. <laughs> I, like, I know she went to prison. I didn't think you were going to say that, though. She was charged with four counts of obstructing justice and lying to investigators. She served five months in prison and five months in home confinement. This is the Martha curse. The end of Friends. The last episode was a hit of the hit sitcom became the fourth biggest series finale in history with 52.5 million viewers. Back then, in 2004, that's a lot of viewers. That's crazy. I would have thought that the Leafs, like, that happened sooner than the Leafs' last one. Like, it, that was a long time ago, I guess. Ken yeah. Jennings began really? his... Really? That doesn't feel that long ago either. Ken Jennings began his streak 2004, gave birth to the most successful game show streak in history. He won 74 consecutive games of Jeopardy, earning $2.52 million. Wow. And finally, Harper won the Conservative Party race. <laughs> The leader of the Conservative Party in March 2004 went on to serve as prime minister for nine years. So, yeah, make Times a choice were there. Different, it's the folks. Harper curse, the Friends curse, the Jennings curse, the Stewart curse. Nonetheless, it has broken. The Maple Leafs find a way into the second round. We want to hear from you on the other side of the break. I got one more thing I want uh, listeners to chew on. Yeah. Of course, we did the tarot cards. Oh, yes, this is important. We did the tarot cards before the series. And right now, unless you want to spin it a different way, they were wrong. The spirits were wrong. (laughs) The spirits called for an untimely, ungodly death for those running this organization. Big time. And I guess the question is, do you want us to like reconnect with the spirits and figure out what that was all about? Or is that sort of the voodoo we don't want to deal with? Our debate between Justin and I, and, and you messaged me, said we got to do the tarot cards. I said, I don't want to touch those things again. I, I want to confront them. I am in the boat of I'm ready to burn them. Like, get out of my life. It was so but, but, but it, also, it was so wrong that I'm like, it's not even worth entering the conversation maybe again. Maybe it just needs you to soak up. up all the negative energy to get it away from the actual game being played. I am played. on team... Never again tarot cards, but you were on team. You want to try again. I think we have to. I think we have to confront the spirits and ask (laughs) why it happened the way it happened. Do they have an explanation for themselves? I think we let, we let things, we let things go, Justin. We leave things in the past. The monkeys off the back, the the tarot cards from Amazon didn't have the special, the juju. Maybe if I bought them at some witchcraft store on Queen West, it would have been different. They were delivered by a drone. They're not real. Let our listeners decide. Yeah. We'll, we'll hear from you. Five ninety five ninety. And on the other side of the break, we got calls in the log already at 416-870-0590. one 590 or star 590 on your Rogers cell phone. Let's bring the good vibes on this Monday morning with the Leafs hotline. That's next on the Fan Morning Show. Blue Lips currently uh, hosting the show here. Mm-hmm. I'm getting some on my teeth, though, so don't zoom in too much with this camera because you're going to finish flaky. that. There's so much reapplication that it's you're going to finish this stick in one day. It's tough. We're going to have to to readdress. I'm going to have to go to the mall and uh, freshen up with some more Blue Lips stick. But nonetheless, I did it. We're doing it. We're talking to you guys this 
block at 416-870-0590 or one 590 or star 590 on your Rogers cell phone. We wanted to have a victory Monday hotline and it has delivered no game seven to tee up. Just a round two years in the making. Lots to get to. We want to hear from all of you. So let's start it off with Daryl and Whippy. Daryl, a massive, massive moment for Leafs Nation. How are you feeling this morning? Uh, feeling really good. It's, uh, it's incredible just how how the team, uh, I think they gelled more as the, as the series went on. But for me, I think when they won in game four, that miraculous comeback to start, Matthews tap it off and to put the final nail in the coffin in that game, I think that gave the Leafs uh, more more um, hope and just energize them going forward, and they were able to uh, take the monkey off their back the 19-year curse. But it, it's good to see that for the Leafs, Leaf Nation, and, and everybody that uh, follows the Leafs. It was uh, phenomenal. Definitely one I'll remember for sure. Well, thanks, Daryl, for the call. We appreciate it. Uh, he's right. That game four, we came on and was like, is that going to be the turning point of this series? Are they going to find some sort of, you know, resilient moment to look back and be like, man, that, this has been a crazy collection of games that we didn't really deserve to win. We found a way. Is it different this time? I think that that's a, a perfect perspective that it was. It was the moment they needed. And, you know, when you look back as, a, as in a locker room, you think about what you had to overcome in round one, not only just because it's been 19 years, but just the games itself. I don't know how you don't feel like moving forward, you can overcome anything. Now they earned that. They earned that comeback victory for sure. I mean, they were brilliant when they had to be in that game. But another instance of the stars aligning just Mm -hmm. a little bit, right? Like things breaking their way finally. Like they've been great. They've been a really great team for a long time now, and they haven't got the breaks. The breaks coming all at once? Maybe. All right, we got lots of calls in the call log, so keep them coming. Uh, we're going to head next to Julian in Montreal. I hope that uh, we're feeling good vibes over there. No Habs fans sneaking on the tel- uh, the phone this lo- this morning. Julian, how are we doing? I'm doing too good. I'm doing good. I'm, I'm originally from Newfoundland, but I'm just living in Montreal now. <laughs> okay. That's where that's where the work is. But, awesome. uh, yeah, just, just giving the call, I just want to say that I'm just so... I woke up the last two days and I feel like I'm a part of the team. So I can't imagine how those guys feel <laughs> just to finally get that um, monkey up their back. The last time they won a series, I was under double digits in age and now I'm almost 30 and it just feels it's been a long time coming for them and this whole team. And I just, yeah, I was just thinking of everybody who was fans and mm-hmm. just people who have been lost in the, through the years and stuff like that. So I just want to send a shout out to everybody who's a huge fan of this team and stuck with them. And yeah, hopefully they can make a big run for everybody. So, yeah. Well, it's a heartwarming call. I do have to ask you though, what was the vibe like on the streets of Montreal? We know it looked like Mm. in Toronto, but were Leaf fans popping out of the woodwork and and celebrating that victory in Montreal too? There was a couple and I'll be honest, the Montreal vibe for there's more people here supporting the Leafs than people would believe. I had a, I, I went and bought a couple um, just Leaf merch the other day from a cheap um, sports store here, and the guy was like, he's a big-time Habs fan, but he was like, I really hope this is the Leafs' year. And I could feel the sincerity from his voice. He's not lying. He's like, I want them to make a run for it because he knows how good it would be for hockey. The people here know hockey. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah. Uh, Julia, like that's so great to hear. Appreciate the call um, all the way from Montreal. I think it is nice to see other fan bases understanding the moment for Lee's. I know that they're getting poked a little bit of fun that you're celebrating like you won the cup, but it is something special. Like, people are fans of teams that have gone through droughts, nothing really as dramatic as the Maple Leafs, but I think you can all come together and say, hey, it feels good to see a team finally get one, um, and whether that's at the expense of your team or not. I think there'll be some some people jumping on the bandwagon, and they're more than welcome. Uh, Brendan and Hamilton joining us this morning. It must have been a great weekend there in the Hammer. It was. Um, <laughs> first, I just wanted I wanted to just uh, congratulate for the Panthers. Um, you yeah. know, coming back down from from three to one, um, they deserve a lot more credit than they've been getting for their comeback. So kudos to them. Mm-hmm. Uh, I just want to touch on uh, the least side. So. Samsonov, um, to me, you know, game six there, to me, maybe had his best game as a Leaf. Um, outstanding, battling back, making the big saves when we needed them. That's something we haven't got as a Leaf fan in, in how many years in the playoffs here. So uh, great job on Sammy there. And just wanted to touch on three of the big additions for uh, for Dubas there, um, adding a lot of grit and sandpaper to this team. That team had 277 hits in the six games. Three of them, McCabe, Achari, and Shen, had 108 combined. That's just phenomenal. Um, and to me, a big factor in the series and, and will be going forward with the, the toughness that they bring. Uh, thanks for the call, Brendan. Yeah, I mean, Luke Shen just pops off the page for me. Like, he, is, he was so good and so composed and so tough. I thought, you know, he'd be useful. I didn't think he'd be the fourth most mm-hmm. valuable defenseman for this team and a guy that's not not even a question of being uh, removed from the lineup. He's been so good. Yeah, this is a big uh, validation moment for Kyle Dubas and Sheldon Keefe for, for putting the puzzle pieces together when it mattered. And now moving forward, I think that everybody from organization to players to fan base feels like they've got the team. They've got the different locker room that's going to make a difference in this round too because, you know what, you can look forward and look at who you have to slay, the Dragons in the future. and. It seems a bit more attainable with that locker room. Um, all right, so Jay in Oshawa is going to join us. Now, he sent me a video on my Twitter about his celebrations this weekend. I thought it was great to make sure we get a lot of insight about how people celebrated on Saturday night, where you're watching. But you had a very special one, Jay. I want you to tell us here on the air. Hi, guys. Yeah, um, look, we had this stag and dough book since July of last year. I could count on one hand. How many Leaf games I've missed in 40 years. I had a handful of friends uh, message me the week before the game saying, so when are you rescheduling your stag? <laughs> and, uh, and I tell you, um, everybody showed up. We had about 150 people there uh, celebrating this, this engagement. And sure enough, the, the hockey game's playing and a huge Go Leafs, Go Champ breaks <laughs> out. Um, the place was electric, man. It was it was next level Leaf celebration, right? I know that uh, we had uh, the, the DJ was playing Hall and Oates, and uh, oh my God, what an abs- look! What a great omen mm-hmm. for the rest of my life. I'll tell you that. <laughs> well, Jake, first of all, congratulations on on the engagement and getting married, and that is a very special evening. I think you'll you'll look back on that fondly. And uh, you know what? Maybe you'll have to have a stag and dough every game, six say. or seven moving forward. Hopefully the win had Use everyone the money. feeling generous. <laughs> Use the money from the stag and dough to have more stag and doughs. Open those wallets up. <laughs> well, that's awesome. Congrats to everybody that uh, that got to be there and share in that moment. I think there'll be a lot of stories moving forward of where you were when the Maple Leafs made it to the second round, whether you're doing what Gunning and I did, the kind of solo watch, 
you're in the moment, you're at a bar, you're with friends, Maple Leaf Square. If you're at Maple Leaf Square, I need to know about you braving the winter-like conditions, the snow, sleet, rain combination. It looked miserable, but people showed up and they had their moment and we saw lots of videos of it where you're one of the people climbing the poles at Young and Dundas Square. Uh, you don't have to tell us your name if so. Do you have the Bremner sign? Somebody has the Bremner sign. I didn't really love that. I don't want to be like speak out of both sides of my mouth. You can celebrate however you want, but don't steal the street signs. Like, yeah, I don't know. Yeah. Like, what do you, do you steal the Bremner? What are you going to do with that? I don't know. Anyway, whatever. Like, congrats to being able to rip that off a pole. Um, Ryan and Midland's going to join us. You, you kind of hope that they played Boston, Ryan, uh, but you're going to be all right with a little Florida matchup, sounds like. Yeah, I, I agree with Justin uh, for a few different reasons. Um, That's rare. I don't know. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I mean, first, I, I kind of wanted to see the Leafs go through Tampa and Boston and, you know, slay those demons as they kind of went through. I think it would have been a good confidence boost if they were able to do that. Um, but there's also the factor of Florida just knocked off statistically the best regular season team in history. Uh, so they're also riding high now with a lot of confidence. I, I kind of would have rather played the team that, I guess, went into that series expecting to win it. And then there's been this factor with Florida that they've kind of played worse than, you know, their roster all year. And it scares me a little bit with those elite players, them peaking at the right time. Not to say the Leafs can't win, but I just, I think I would have rather played Boston for, for those factors anyway. The best case scenario, I think, would have been like a diminished Boston barely survives. And like, you know, I don't want to make fun of Patrice Bergeron and herniated disc, but like he's hurting and mm-hmm. other guys are hurting. Krejci missed a bunch of games. Linus Olmark turned into a pumpkin what, for whatever reason. How like, crazy is that decision to put in? Well, he was awful. So, I know, but like think about the We talked about how tough it was for Sheldon Keefe to make some of these lineup decisions. You're mm-hmm. putting in your backup goaltender who hasn't started a game all series. It's uh, uh, in a game seven. And that's part of what I it's liked is that they were kind of scrambling. And if you got the scrambling Boston team, is that a better matchup than the carefree, pretty talented, as I believe Ryan mentioned, mm-hmm. uh, that it's, there's the cardiac and also a different expectation, right? Like it changes the narrative a lot and you know, we'll see how the Leafs deal with that, but this is no pushover Florida team for sure. And Matthew Kachuk is an absolute terror. So we'll, we'll, what about uh, we'll get into Montour? it. We'll get into it tomorrow. Oh, uh, yeah, Brandon Montour. This guy's on another level. Paris, Ontario. We got the text line saying congrats to him and Zach Dalby. Dal- Dalby. Right? Mm. Yeah. Paris, Ontario. Big, uh, big, big text line. <laughs> Paris is fired up this morning. Good Hamlet. All right. Ricky in Etobicoke. How are you doing this morning? Thanks for calling in the Fan Morning Show. Hey, I'm doing good. Can you guys hear me? Oh, we can hear you loud and clear, Ricky. Awesome. Man, how you guys feeling? What a weekend, eh? The I'm exhilarated, Ricky. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you know what? Just waking up this morning, going to sleep that Saturday night, knowing that the Leafs won, finding out uh, who we're going to face yesterday. I, I don't know, man. You know what? Like, I like the Leafs, like, now that the mental hump is over, the monkey's off the back, I just think these boys are going to straight shoot now, you know? There's no distractions. Now they can just uh, play hockey. A lot of people don't realize that we were play, basically playing two games, okay, at once. And what I mean by that is not only were we facing the Tampa Lightning, the back-to-back-to-back Stanley Cup finals, mm-hmm. finalists who won two cup champions, we were playing a game against ourselves, too, in our minds. And that mental blockage, now that we're over that hump, you know what? We're going to shoot straight like an arrow, and we're going to get the job uh, done and complete. And you know what? Just like the late, great Kobe Bryant said, job's not finished. That's job's right. not finished. We're going to get it done. 
And you know what? One more thing that I want to add is, how about that kid from Arizona, Matthew Nice? <laughs> what do you guys think about his play? All right, well, Ricky, appreciate the call. Um, He's a Matthew stud. Nice, stud. He's been on for all the big goals. And there's some like l- good luck charm vibe about I him like too. I like it. Like he's just he's around. He's mm-hmm. in the center of things, and it helps. He's a been bit. so impressive. It helps a bit when your coach is trying to weaponize you rather than like absorb Nikita Kucherov. So that's his job is to be there for offensive minded moments. But he's there when it matters. You know what I really like too. I don't know if this is like for it, the cameras. I, wait, you're gonna say this. Bunting, giving him an Bunting extra, and extra hug. Yep. Bunting and Knives were hugging each other when they saw I saw that too. And, and I, that could be like, I don't know. I don't want to give Michael Bunting too much credit or he just saw the first person. But like, you could be a little resentful against this kid. A little bit if you wanted to. I think that does show that he's a pretty good no, teammate. I, I, I noticed that as well. I think the cameras also picked up on the hug from Bunting to Knives. But man, the vibes has got to just... Whatever. Just go win. Go win, baby. Who cares? Who's in the lineup? I, the press box view, I think it was our own Luke Fox who had the, the camera right above them when they won. Man, I saw Wayne Simmons just put his head down in like what I believe just to be so much relief mm-hmm. and excitement and just like the cathartic. I've used that word a hundred times today, but there's really no other way to put it. It was just, it was really nice to see him. Justin Hall fist pumping like this guy, you know, obviously you're happy for your team, but to see them like behind the scenes, celebrating, jumping out of their seats, head down to the locker room. Like, this team is united in this battle. And and I think, was it Ricky we just spoke Yeah, Ricky nailed it. He nailed it. Like, it's, you know, you were battling not only the Tampa Bay Lightning with back-to-back-to-back appearances, but you're battling yourself. It's a lot of mental stress. It's a lot of having to overcome. And at this point, it's like you're standing in front of this rest of this bracket thinking like we are the favorites. Now, what are you going to do with that? You can't let your foot off the gas, right? You've, you've won a first round for the first time in a very long time. You've got to continue riding that and the job's not done. And everyone's theory, right? Like if they just went around, what could happen? We finally get to see what the Maple Leafs look like in a playoff game where they can feel as close to carefree as possible, mm. where they can God, feel a little wait. bit more comfortable about their situation because they've already accomplished something. They've already avoided some sort of consequence, not to say that everyone's like safe and it's all going to be good if they lose, but they are in a different state of mind now, 100%. Whether it's extreme the other way or not, it is different now, and we'll see how that affects performance. Already teeing that up tomorrow, Leafs-Panthers game one at Scotiabank Arena, Maple Leafs with home ice advantage, which they wouldn't have had against the Boston Bruins, so that's a little extra fun for us here in the city of Toronto. Um, we appreciate all the calls in today. Victory Monday. Vibes were high. Lots of great callers. Didn't get to get to everyone, but we'll make sure we continue doing this during round two. We got someone that got to celebrate the moment, call the moment, Joe Bowen joining us at 8 a.m. And then we're going to talk to Patrick Marlowe, who knows these kiddos well. He watched them grow and blossom into the stars that they are. He was a part of that for sure. He was the Leafs from 2017 to 2019, as we all know. Besties with Mitch and Matthews, uh, be great to get his insight of, of how much this might mean to them. What could be the ceiling? Also, what it's like adding a vet, right? Like we talk about that a lot, adding a Patrick Marlowe, a whomever. He was that guy. He was that role. What's it like being the added vet? Exactly. Uh, lots to come in the final hour of the Fan Morning Show. Of course, you can always send in your text at 595.90. We'll take your wake and rake submissions as well. I think we got... Not too much to go through today. Uh, you got the Blue Jays at the Red Sox. That's kicking off a got series. A game seven. Got a game seven. So maybe your pick comes from that. We'll get to that after we talk to Patrick Marlowe at 845. So send all that in at 590 at 590.